Hey beautiful, I am so happy that you are here. My name's Courtney. I'm a wife, a toddler mom, and a 30-something year old Ohio girl just trying to find my thing. In this podcast, it's all about transparency with ourselves and each other. If you hang with me, we are going to build a community where self-care isn't selfish. Talking about anxiety and depression is as easy as asking about your favorite color. And we're going to try every damn day to be the best version of ourselves. So if you're ready to chase your own dreams, even after chasing around a little one, then you're in the right place. This is Chasing Courage. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Chasing Courage. I am your host, Courtney, and I am so excited that you are here today. Um, And this is something that the way that I just said that I am so excited that you are here today. That's something that um, Keisha Fitzgerald, um, who is a mentor of mine and a huge inspiration in my life. Um, That's the way that she starts off a lot of her podcast episodes. So I wanted to do a little ode to her. Um, I, as soon as I started a podcast, uh, you know, created a list of people that I wanted to interview. And over the last eight, nine months, it it has been a growing list and a changing list. But one of the people um, that I put on that list from the very beginning um, that has never went away is Keisha. Um, Truly, if it wasn't for Keisha and her podcasting course, I I wouldn't be here um, speaking into the mic. Uh, Granted, it's something that, you know, obviously I had to put the work and the reps in to do, but just, you know, getting the confidence and the the tactical um, tools that it takes to start a podcast would truly not be possible without her. And let me just give you a little bit about her. And I'm going to um, give you this information, this little bio, just strictly from her, her website. Um, Keisha is a hugger, a life enthusiast, a podcaster, a speaker, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. She is obsessed with creating tools, cultivating community, and empowering you with a perspective that serves you. She is, like I said, the the creator of a podcasting uh, course called She Goes Podcasting, and she's also the creator and developer of The Collective, which is an online global personal development community, and she is the owner of a company, She Goes, um, you know, which is kind of like the umbrella company for, for those two um, facets of business. So I'm so grateful and honored that she even said yes to come onto my podcast and to talk to you all. And we are going to dive into um, various various topics, but all kind of really aligned. And I think something that um, my listeners are, that you guys are really going to connect with. We talk about showing up for the future version of yourself and how sometimes maybe that is easier than showing up for you here today in the present. And we talk about how it's so important to like let go of the cultural, um, oh my gosh, what is the word? Like cultural stigma or standards that are placed on us to get married at a certain age, have babies at a certain age, have babies after you have the career and the husband, uh, you know, buy the white picket fence, uh, house and all of those things. So I love, love, love her take on like 
let's normalize changing our mind. Let's follow, you know, what we truly believe in, what we truly want, not what the in-law wants, not what our best friend thinks is best for us. Um, I mean, we get real personal with some of the stuff in her life as far as her postponing her own wedding and her knowing deep down truly in her heart and in her gut, she wants to be a mom someday but she doesn't want to be a bomb right now. And I just love the rawness and the transparency of it. You guys know I'm always transparent with you and honest. And so this is two females who are totally diving into the, into that transparency. So without further ado, here's my interview with Keisha. All right, guys, welcome back to my courageous community. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I have somebody here with me who has been on my wish list from day one to interview and um, just share her energy and her personality with you guys. Um, I have the lady who created my podcasting course, the personal development community that I'm in. Keisha Fitzgerald is here with us. Oh my goodness. Hi, Keisha. Thank you so, so much. Courtney, I am so pumped and so honored to be on your show. Holy crap. Look at you showing up and creating this community around your podcast. Like I'm honored. So I cannot wait to dive into all the things today. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. So excited. Okay. So will you tell my audience, um, this is what I like to call when I have somebody do an introduction, the spark notes version of your story. Um, and specifically I want you to just dive into your journey of corporate to network marketing to she goes company. For sure. So um, my background is, you know, I did the climb the corporate ladder um, type of job. I was in uh, corporate recruiting when I graduated out of college and I felt like I had a lot of career trajectory. I had a really great manager. I had a really good situation, but I had this gut feeling that I couldn't shake that I wanted more. And I didn't know what more meant, not meaning that like being an entrepreneur is more than not being an entrepreneur or anything like that. But I just, I wanted to live a life that I felt more aligned where I felt like I was making more impact, but I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I decided to start a network marketing business on the side of my full-time corporate job and um, was really hesitant to do it at first because I didn't really understand what it was. Uh, But I got obsessed with um, health and fitness. I was working crazy hours in that corporate job. I was living in Seattle at the time and the team that I was working with was in China. So there was a nine hour time difference. So I really just fell in love with the concept of like convenient workouts and things like that. And I'm like, oh gosh, other women might love this too, which is insert network marketing business, partnering with Beachbody. So I started that back in January of 2014. And then my now fiance and I moved from Seattle to New York city. He got into NYU dental school and I started working at Google in downtown New York. And it was my dream job. Like my dream job. I mean, they give you free snacks. Like it was amazing. (laughs) It was amazing. And I was still building this business, this network marketing business on the side, but I was like, gosh, there's something here. So I really started just working more before and after work on it eventually ended up leaving the corporate world altogether, um, in April of 2015. And then a couple of times along the way, which some of your listeners might be able to identify, I came up with this like gut feeling again of wanting more, even though I got to speak on all these stages, I was making, you know, incredible money. I felt like I was making a really big impact, but I just wanted more than what I could do in that container. And so I started my own podcast empower her, um, at the end of 2018. So just over two years ago, 
And that was because I just wanted to take myself on a personal growth journey. I wanted to cultivate community. I wanted to figure out like who I was and, you know, build a community around that. And, um, fast forward a year after that, I ended up deciding, you know what, I don't think this network marketing thing is what I want to do anymore. So I stopped focusing on that and decided to start my own company. She goes with the personal development community that you're a part of the collective and our podcasting course. And now we have like 1500 women in the community from all across the globe. And we've helped tons of women start podcasts and I'm just figuring it out as I go. That's the cliff notes. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, I love when you said like, I just decided that I didn't want to do network marketing anymore. Or I just decided that like the corporate world wasn't where I wanted to be. Um, and I think that that's something so much that like, I just personally resonated with because I felt for the longest time before I really started listening to you and empower her that I'm like, I changed my mind. It's not okay. It's not normal. Yeah. And then I'm like, Oh my, no, it totally, it's up to me to decide if that's normal. Yep. You get to create whatever you want. And I think there's so much power in that when there's more examples of women doing that. Cause I think a lot of us change our mind, but we don't listen to our own intuition or we don't act on changing our mind versus you and I act on it. Right. Where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So let me just find something else on the side that I can do that could add more fulfillment. So I don't just feel like I'm stuck. And then it's like, okay, well, I don't want to do this anymore. Let me find something else on the side that can add more fulfillment. So I don't feel stuck. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, Um, making those conscious choices and all of these pivots along the way, which I think we're scared to do it because we're not wired for uncertainty and we don't know what's coming. But to me, I'm so much more fearful of regret than I am of failure or of making the wrong step because you can then just make the right step after the wrong step. Yes. Right. You can just roll with it. So so, it's so simple. I know that even um, there's been a point where I I've been with my husband for seven years, married for four. And there even has been a point where not in the last year, but prior to where I would come up with ideas or desires. I remember specifically one time being like, I think I want to be an event planner. And I even was scared to tell my own husband because in the past I had already said, I think I want to do this. I think I want to do that. And then I ended up changing my mind or I tried it and it didn't work. So I was literally getting to a point where the people closest to me who I love the most, I'm like, I'm not going to share this dream or this goal yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so real. It's funny because one of my best friends, um, she'll be a maid of honor in my wedding. She, she's like, Kish, don't change your mind on your wedding location again, because I literally have four (laughs) Pinterest boards for you of where you wanted to get married. So like this one's for sure. Right. And I was like, yes. So (laughs) I love that though. Um, and I'm so happy that you just brought up your wedding, um, because that's one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, you got engaged in July of 19. Yeah. July of 19. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then very shortly after that, really, right. You, um, scheduled the venue, set the date, and then said, nope, never mind. Can you talk to my my audience about that? For sure. I have never, I shared about this on social media in real time. I've never had so many people reach out to me um, with their feedback on this. So backstory is I've been in a relationship. So when we got, when my fiance Cena and I got engaged, we've been together for 10 years. And um, so we got engaged and we had some friends fly in. We were living in San Diego at the time, had some friends fly in for our engagement and got super hyped and decided to, after they left and flew back home after the engagement, we decided to f- go up to um, a little bit north of where we lived, about an hour north in Temecula, which is like Southern California, 
and book a wedding venue. Mm-hmm. And we did it very like, we, you know, we had an idea of a place that we wanted to get married and I was super hyped and he was feeding off my energy and we just booked it. I was like, whoa, and Let's we're go. FaceTiming everybody. <laughs> and like, at this point I've been in, I think it's like 14, 14 weddings at this point as a bridesmaid or a maid of honor and a lot of weddings. And all of them are people that have been together less time than us. Yeah. So by the time that we're getting married, they're like, yes. And I'm like feeding off the hype of other people. Our families are so excited. We've been together for so long. So we booked this venue huge venue would have had a minimum of 300 people, um, really expensive, just really getting hyped on all of it. And then we booked it and then we didn't have to worry about it. Fast forward three months. We're in Hawaii for my 30th birthday. And I look over at Cena and I was like, I don't want to do this wedding. I don't want to do it this way. Like, I don't want it to be this massive thing, which for some people that's their thing. For me, it's not my life. I'm, I'm constantly around people. So like, I don't want a big, huge, massive wedding. That's going to cost a ton of money. And it's going to be super over the top. Like, that's not even what we want. Why are we caving to what we think we should want? And we talked about it. We're like, let's cancel this. So we canceled it before COVID that we canceled it before canceling. It was a, was a thing. Um, (laughs) so we canceled it and And we were just like, let's just wait until we figure out what we want to do. And we ended up ironically moving like about eight months later from San Diego to Austin, Texas, which was not even on the plan at all. And now we have a venue that we booked here. So we're actually are for sure getting married as in like a couple of my girlfriends are planning their next baby around this wedding. So we are getting married in April of 2022, or I'm going to have some, some angry people, but we're doing it our way. It'll be smaller. And, um, yeah, I'm just really excited about it. It's so refreshing to hear somebody just like call attention to that and normalize changing your mind. Like we were just talking about, um, just cause I, I mean, were there people that when you did that, they, uh, I mean, granted you and Cena were together for a long time, but were there people that were like, wait, like, why are you canceling? Like what's wrong with you guys? Or are you not getting married or like just really hounding questions? I think what's funny about it is I was so open about the fact of why we did it as in like the question that I think we can ask to ourselves at any given point in time with any decision that we're making, it's, is this what I actually want? Or is this what I think I should want or what somebody else's, somebody else's timeline or society's expectations are putting on me that I'm caving to something that doesn't feel aligned for me. So because I was so open about it, I actually had a lot of people on social media reach out to me saying, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have done the wedding that I wanted versus what my in-laws wanted. I wish I would have done the wedding that I wanted versus what my sister thought I should want. I wish I would have waited to get married. I wish I wouldn't have put all of this on my credit card. I'm still paying this off five years later. I wish I would have done this. Like, I mean, outpouring of people in my DMs that I was like, wow, so many people. I honestly didn't even realize like how strange it was until after I did it. I was like, oh, a lot of people think this is weird. But Tasina and I were like, we've been together for this long. Anyways, we're going to be together till we're like 120. I'm thinking on science for that. So whatever, it's no big deal. But you know, a lot of people are, are scared because they don't want to disrupt these norms, right? Like I got to get married at this point in time. And then, you know, I got to have time so that I can buy my house with my white picket fence and my 2.2 kids. And I got to do it in this order. Otherwise people are going to think something's wrong with me. And I'm like, what I think is wrong is defining success by somebody else's criteria. I didn't opt in for that. I'm defining success. What I feel like, which includes being fulfilled and excited about the process rather than just doing something to check it off. Like I'm not trying to just check off a wedding or check off. I did this. Um, but instead doing what feels right, you know? Yes. Yeah. 
somebody who's like me, I'm a, I'm a huge checklist person. Um, and I know that I have like a lot of friends that are like that. I, I mean, it sounds so bad actually, but like, okay, yes, let's meet the guy, get the career, um, get married, yeah. get the house, have the baby, like all in that order, heaven forbid. Yeah. Um, I mean, and even like, I remember in high school dreaming of, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to get married very soon out of college. Uh, yeah. And I mean, oh my gosh, thank goodness I didn't. I hadn't even met my husband at the time, yeah. you know, when I graduated. And um, gosh, I, I mean, I remember even like when we got married, I was 27. And I was like, I'm happy that it's becoming a thing that people are getting married later in life because I, yeah. I, I felt bad. Yeah. Why? Who says that you have to get married by the time you're 25 and have your first baby by 26? And, and it so depends on, obviously, I mean, you know, it's like you become a byproduct of the expectations of your peer group. Yeah. So what's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's interesting is like, we've lived, Cena and I have lived in Seattle, New York city, San Diego, and now Austin. So we've lived all over, right. And coasts yeah. all in New York city. When I worked at Google, there was so many single people in their thirties and it's very normal to be single in New York city in your thirties Yeah, and a little bit less normal in Washington state like where we grew up and it's, it's really a lot of it is environment where I didn't feel actually that strange for the age that we were, except for society at large's expectations. Yeah. Right. But yeah. when I'm like working with people that are single and not worried about it and they're dating, they're 33 and they don't seem concerned. I'm like, yeah, I'm 31, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. It's just, yeah. we have to be conscious of like even acknowledging our frame of reference is just who we're spending time with and whose content we're consuming and who we're interacting with. So if that is not serving the goals that you have, you have to make sure that you get other people that are showing you a different way of life because mm -hmm. then you don't feel weird. And if you feel weird, especially as humans, because we're designed to want to belong, if you feel like you're the oddball or you're ostracized from the group, you're going to make a decision based off of what you think the group is going to say, okay, you're allowed here. So mm -hmm. find people that are shaking it up. And if yes. you want to shake it up, you're an example of somebody else who can connect with your story, right? So like we need people that are doing things like you, Courtney, too, of like change your mind. Maybe I'm going to try this. Maybe I'm going to start this. We need a lot of examples of that because it's really hard to be what you can't see. Yes. So to the woman listening to this, that has that gut feeling of like, I want to do something that's a little bit against the grain of what my family thinks or what my friend group thinks you need to go do that. Not just for you to live a life that you love, but to literally be a testimony with your life and how you show up of what ex is example for her. So of that woman watching, you know? Yeah. So Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that. Be, you know, you need to, you need to be what you can't see. Yeah. Um, I, I love it so much. Okay. So I want to talk about one other very specific, um, I believe you did an Instagram post, um, and podcast episode about this. Um, this was obviously after you had been engaged. Um, and I'm sure you remember it very well. You posted, it was in May of 2020 about how you were doing a workout and then you just stopped mid-workout, yeah. started crying and if you would just share with my audience about what thoughts you had and what stopped your workout and why you went on a walk by yourself crying that day, um, because it really resonated with me. Um, and I'll share why after you kind of dive into this a little bit. Yeah. So I did that a couple of times, but I think you're referencing the baby <laughs> yeah. situation. Yep. Okay. So <laughs> I, um, I think what's really interesting is I'm 31 and I know that I want to be a mom for sure. But yeah. I don't want to be a mom right now. 
and a lot of my friends that are moms and, you know, you get this whole like biology, like your biological clock is ticking. You need to do this quickly. So it's definitely on my radar, but I was doing this workout and I was just thinking like, wait, is there something wrong with me that I don't want to have a baby right now? And at the time that I wrote that post and shared about that, I was 30. I was like, I'm 30 and I don't want a baby. And so many people say that they like see babies and like their ovaries hurt. Like so many of my girlfriends are like, oh my gosh, that baby makes my ovaries hurt. I'm like, that baby makes me want to give it back to its mom and say like, I'm so happy that you love it. Like, let me hug it. Let me cuddle it. It's so cute, but I don't have to change its diapers. Like, I don't want that right now. And I really had to like think about that. Like, am I okay? Am I going to be a good mom one day? Because I don't want to be a mom right now. I really just had to sit with it. And I just walked around downtown San Diego, just like crying by myself (laughs) thinking about like, no, there's nothing wrong with me. Why is it that because I'm 30 that all of a sudden I have to want to be a mom. Like I have other things that I want to focus on. Well, that's something that I want to do. There are amazing women out there that don't want to be moms at all. And that's totally cool. And there are women that are struggling behind closed doors to become moms. And this conversation about motherhood in general, I think is actually really interesting coming from you know, how many women and you too, like that I connect with every single day that tell me about their journeys towards becoming moms. And I'm learning so much more about the process of becoming a mom and just thinking what's right for me is doing what feels right for me, being aware of, you know, being prepared and, you know, being in good health when I do want to do that. And when we do decide to have kids, but it's like right now, I'm, I'm not worried about it. And I'm not going to let somebody else's pressure on me dictate when I'm going to make a choice that is literally a forever, really important choice, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not really something you can like change your mind. You can't change your mind on that one. (laughs) That is one thing you cannot change your mind on. Like you're in it for it's coming out. Yeah. (laughs) And the two things that I wanted to bring up about you with that story that I think that my audience is going to resonate with is one, As soon as you put that post in that podcast episode out, I sent you a voice message because I was like, you know, here I am a toddler mom and postpartum depression and all of those things, motherhood in general hit me way different than I ever would have expected in your personal development community and your podcast. Like you wouldn't have been able to show up in the way that you did not saying you wouldn't have still created a company or had a successful podcast as a mother, you totally could have, but it just would have looked different. Yeah. And what you created was exactly what I've needed. Yeah. Like, it's just, and I'm sure there's dozens of other women who would probably agree with me. Um, So I think that that's something that's so beautiful about the choices that people want to make. Like, if only you don't want to have a baby right now so that your company and your purpose can serve me and my motherhood journey. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. You know, there it is. And, um, Oh, I love that. No, I just love that so much because there's, there's 7 billion people in the world. Like how in the world can we all have the same path? And on top of that, it's like, there's such a need for all of these different options for people to see, but also because you showing up and being a mom at this stage is going to give you an opportunity at a different point in life to impact people in a different way because of the age. Like, it's just, it's all working for us. Like, I just feel like I'm like, if I was gifted the vision of some of, some of my closest girlfriends have had dreams of being stay-at-home moms. Like that has been their goal, their dream, the vision that they've had for themselves. I have never had that dream. 
Mm-hmm. Never. Even when I was little, like I've never had the dream. I always wanted to create a company or do something yeah. like this. Like I didn't mm-hmm. know what it was going to look like, but I've always had that dream. So it's like, if you could actually believe on your heart that the dream that you're actually gifted for yourself is for you to have, and your job is simply to go, you know, create that, then you can lean into that. Yeah. And for me, I'm like where I could get to in my head was like, this is the season that I'm in now that I really want to focus on building this company. I really want to focus on being at this stage where I can, and I'm not also juggling pregnancy and then, you know, having a newborn baby and having a toddler and all of these things. Right. Yes. I'm like, I can do it in a different way now to your point. And, and I'm grateful for that. And then I'm excited for when that season does change and my right. business does change and, and rolling with all of it. But I just, I love that you bring that up because I think it's really powerful that people, still savor the season that they're in, even knowing that that season's going to change in the future. Like I know I want to be a mom for sure. And I think about it all the time, but I'm also like, I'm grateful for this season now. And I'll be grateful for that season then. And this version of me now, you know? Yep. Yeah. And another, like another point to that. So, um, my listeners know that for the longest time after having my son chase, I was like one and done, he's going to be an only child. This is way freaking hard. But then around his like second birthday, my husband and I started to have conversations where I was like, okay, no, actually maybe, maybe not. Um, Now, definitely to say that I did have pressure um, and I'm using air quotes, but pressure from, you know, people who I love. And my mom is one, for example, she wants to see me give a a sibling to my son. So at this point, that's been about six or seven months ago. And we're like, okay, yeah, maybe baby number two. But yeah. then the real realization, it was in the last month or so where I'm like, okay, yes, baby number two, but no baby number two right now, because mm-hmm. I'm in that place too, where I'm like, I have this podcast that's been going on for like eight months now. And I'm yeah. thinking of ways to expand the community and monetize yeah. on it. And I just have this momentum in my yeah. life that I'm like, oh, I don't want to stop that right now. Yeah. And who says I have to, I don't. Okay. Yes. We probably want to have another baby, but that's okay that it doesn't have to be right now. Yeah. And the fact that you're talking about it and like, I just think so many people, like this is not even a conversation that people talk about of like planning out your kid. Like people talk about it with their significant other or with their sister, with their friend, but you don't hear a lot of people on podcasts talking about planning out their life and planning out their family, especially like someone who is a mom of one who's thinking about baby number two, and then someone who doesn't have any kids and us talking about why we're making decisions that we're making. And, and obviously there's some people that will listen to this. That's like, I didn't plan this one. This just was a curveball, And then you adopt and you roll with it at the same time. But it's like, when you're in that season, it's like, what a beautiful gift to even like share this type of conversation where our thought patterns are going of like, I'm feeling in full transparency. I'm like, okay, I'm 31. And I'm saying to Cena, okay, we've got a couple of years here before, like, I want to make sure that if this takes us years, hypothetically, I have no idea that there is a certain timeframe that I'm willing to adjust to that from a biology perspective, Yeah, but I'm not willing to cave to somebody else's expectations from a societal timeline, like from a biology. Okay. I get that. Like, maybe I want to do this before like 34 ish, Um, but that's okay. And there's other examples of people that have done other ways of that too. And there's always adoption. There's always other ways, but yeah. Well, and one of the, so one of the final things I wanted to discuss with you was how you talk so much about showing up for your future self. Yes. Um, and I think that I never even literally have had that thought until like, I heard you say it, like showing up for your future self. Yes. I've 
I've always been like a dreamer, right? Somebody who dreams and hopes and has goals, but me being an Enneagram too, I am somebody who wants to give to somebody else. Yeah. So even just the thought of, okay, I can do this for my husband. I can do this for my son saying, I'm going to do something for my future self is still that element of separation where it's like, it's not me here now. And it makes it easier to show up up for Oh my gosh. I love that. I, I never even thought about that when I, of all the years that I've talked about this, I've never thought about it from that lens. That's so true because is someone else. And that's easier for my personality to show up for. Yeah. And it's funny too, because there's science that's been done that I've talked about on the podcast and in the collective of, you know, that your, your brain when scanned, when we're thinking about future, you, the parts of your brain that think about present you, those don't light up in your brain, meaning that you're disattached from future you, because so many of us think that future you is a stranger, which makes sense of why you could do it for someone else that feels like a stranger to you. Yet on the other side of it, it's still wanting to strengthen that relationship and connection with that person that you want to show up for that person because you love that person. And for anyone that's like, where are they going with this? What I mean is essentially thinking about the person that you're going to be in three months, six months, one year, five years, 10 years. And I think so much about that person that I picture her and the options that she's going to have. And I tap into her constantly. I literally do this on a daily basis and find ways to like tap into that future version of me, whether it's, you know, driving around neighborhoods, like zillowing houses that Cena and I would want to live in, like yeah. while we're in front of the houses, yeah. or it's like thinking about conversations, hypothetical conversations that I'd had with my kids that are not even born. Right. right? And thinking of the options and the lifestyle that they're going to have, that's different from the lifestyle and the upbringing that I had because of the choices that I'm making now that makes me show up because I'm like, gosh, it's not about me. It's about all of the options for somebody else in the future. That somebody else being a better version of me who literally gets to have a life that she's obsessed with because I built it for her. Yes. And and like, I mean, I think too, Courtney, for any listeners thinking about even just like a, a year ago version of you or take five years ago version of you, you have to be grateful for that woman that you were then that literally got you the life that you have now. And yes. even if there's crappy stuff going on in your life, there's massive blessings in your life that she put the work in for that. I yes. bet you you're grateful for the woman that you were that, you know, birthed your son. Yes. <laughs> you're like, that was really hard, but I went through that. And now I know that I could do it again in the future. Right. It's yes. just, it's that toggling between that has been no- the number one reason that I feel like I'm so consistent in wanting to show up and push through doubts and make these pivots and make these changes and understand that some people won't get it, but, but it matters to her because yeah. I have to give her the life that she deserves. And it's my right. job because it's my right. job to believe in me. Right. And I love that. I mean, obviously like I just really connect with you because I'm a mom of a two and a half year old and you're not yet a mom, but you know, you want to be one. So knowing that every thought process that you have, every business move you make, every personal move you make, I know you're making a ton of like health and physical changes right now. Right. You're thinking of Keisha as a mom and your future babies. And like, that's just really impactful to me. I feel like that's some of the reason why I relate to you, even though like, I don't know, we, I have a child and you don't. Right. And it, it is really interesting because 
when you can tap into that, where, for example, um, right now I'm dealing with some health issues. One is that I'm having irregular periods and not ovulating. And I learned that this fall and I was like, what? (laughs) I I literally did not understand that like ovulating, I'm I'm not going to go into like ovulation on your podcast right now, but like (laughs) that, like, I didn't understand that there's a lot of health benefits to ovulating. I literally took, it took me until 31 years of age that like, I thought ovulating meant this is the time that you can have a baby. So like maybe stay away from me during this time because I'm not trying to have a baby (laughs) Yeah. Um, until I realized I'm like, if I don't handle this now and I'm literally showing up, trying to figure out what's going on from a hormonal perspective for myself, not for me now, actually, but literally for the version of me that after we get married, that makes impulsive decisions that could be like, let's freaking go and want to make a baby (laughs) right afterwards. Like I could see that happening and I'm not going to rob her of the opportunity to have the choice for that because I just decided to push this off and wait versus making it intentional now. So I'm dealing with all this crap, but I'm like, but future me, I know she's so grateful that I'm dealing with this crap now of like caffeine, figuring out this, figuring out this crap that I have to figure out. I'm like, I can show up for her because I know that's also me showing up for my future kids. And, and that matters for sure. Um, another like way or a spin, I guess that like, I can put that on from, from my life is admitting, I guess, to myself, to my husband, to my son. Okay. Maybe we're going to have a second baby someday, even though for two years I've said no, 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 no. Yeah. But a, admitting that is like the first step. Yep. <laughs> and then B, it's like, I know that then when that day comes, that if and when it happens, it it, it is the perfect time. Yep. And if for some crazy reason, I find out I'm pregnant next month, guess what? That I mean, that was just in the divine universe. That wasn't mm-hmm. God's plan, you know? Yeah, I totally but it's, agree. It's so important to just going back real quick, like don't let other people don't let other people or just culturally uh whatever the culture standards are dictate what that future version of yourself is supposed to look like yeah and I think what's cool about that too and like obviously on your podcast and the content that you're putting out it's like so much of this is also around like developing your confidence because it's way easier it's still hard but it's a lot easier to do the things that you feel called to do and carve your own path when you make building confidence of focus because then you're not as concerned with what other people say. And I don't mean in terms of like, screw what other people say, just do your own thing. Like that's not how we're wired. And when people say that, I'm like, you do care what other people think. I don't know what you're saying. Like you can't live in this bubble. You do care what people think of you, but if you're confident enough, you're going to start to care what you think most. And that is the amazing magical spot to be in because then when you say, you know what, to your in-laws, to your sister, to your friend, I'm actually not going to do it this way. I'm going to do it this way. You feel confident enough that you can explain your rationale to them if they deserve the story. And if not, you can just do it and you can say, it's okay. They'll they'll come along or they won't, whatever. Yep. You know? Yes. So, so true. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Um, okay. I want to wrap this up with with two different things. The first is that I want to ask you, and there might be more than more than one thing and that's fine, but yeah. what it, what is it that you are most excited about in this coming year? I'm excited about staying true to focusing on getting obsessed with the process rather than what the process could produce. And I do that in everything that I do in my life. And recently we've been talking about this with like the fact that we're planning a wedding. I'm like, I'm going to make this process of planning this wedding so much more fun than anybody ever does that it almost won't be, it'll almost be like 
is fun as the wedding itself. I'm like yeah. everything along the way. I'm like when we book a DJ or, you know, a band or whatever, I'm like, that's going to be a really fun thing. We're going to loop in certain people on that. And then when we like decide on flowers, we're going to loop these people in. Like we're going to make this really fun along the way. And I'm, um, about to make some like big moves in my business and really start to develop more of the company in itself. And I'm joining a mastermind for a mentor of mine that I have wanted to join. I literally messaged him in 2018 when I didn't even have another business. And I said, when I come up with my next business, I'm applying to your mastermind and I'm going to jump into it. I don't even have a business idea, but um, I'll, oh my gosh. Anyway, I reached out to him proactively and like kind of called my shot on this and actually ended up getting into it this year. And so I'm going to be making a lot of moves in the direction of like building out different things of the business, but still keeping true to that. Like, even as things get busier, how can I make sure this is really me? How can I show up in a really authentic way? How can this be more fun? How can I not wait until I've reached some milestone to feel proud of myself, but really staying true to the beliefs that I've had that have got me to this stage and making sure that even as I'm elevating and adding more things to my plate that I stay true to that. And I'm so excited because I know I can do that because it's on the front of my brain you know? Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yes. I love it. Okay. The other thing that I wanted to say was just, I think that it's so, so important slash kind of ironic to ask somebody like, what are you looking forward to this year? Because, you know, last year in 2020, you asked somebody at this time, January, close to the end of the month, what are you looking forward to? And I mean, the year was just not what we expected. Right. And one thing that I wanted to say, like, while we were recording, um, was that just, you know, specifically for 2020, like I was really thinking about it as 2020 ended. And then as 2021 has been, um, ramping up in the past couple weeks. And like, there are four people that I truly don't think that I could have got through 2020 without. And those four people are God, my husband, my son, and you. And like, I'm so serious and I'm getting emotional, Oh, <laughs> but you, the podcasting course, the personal development community, um, and for my listeners, like it is so important and whether this, this could be your best friend or it could be, we've literally never met in real life. Yeah. <laughs> we I will know. someday. <laughs> I know. I can't wait, but it is it's just so, so important. You've got to find somebody because I don't know, sometimes your husband or your partner or your best friend, sometimes they're just maybe not enough. Um, and it's, it helps having like a different perspective. You know what I mean? Like you don't have this bird's eye view of what's going on in my life. Yes. And I think that that helps then having you as a mentor and an inspiration in my life. I just want to hug you. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. I wanted to tell you that. Well, it's really powerful too, for, for anyone listening that like, just makes me think about this is you don't know who you're impacting, but if the person that you're looking at thinking, oh my gosh, that person has impacted all these other people. You're that person for somebody else. Someone would say your name as their four people, right? A lot of people would say that. And it's like, that is so powerful to like, really like hear that. Like you have to do what you feel called to do because you just don't know who who you're going to impact along the way. And I'm, I'm so grateful to be connected to you. I'm so proud of you for how you're showing up in the world. And the fact that you're having these really honest, transparent conversations on a mic where people can listen to you like naked in the shower, like (laughs) 
you know, it's just, I'm so proud of you and I'm so honored to be on that short list, but I'm also honored because you're doing the work and putting yourself out there to help inspire other people. And this ripple is more like a freaking tidal wave. Yes. You know? yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. So thank you so For much. Sure. You're so welcome. All right. Finally, will you, um, will you let my audience know where they can find you and connect with you? Yeah. Um, my favorite social media platform is Instagram and it's just Keisha.Fitzgerald, K-A-C-I-A. And my podcast is called empower her. It's a Monday, Thursday podcast and everything else. You can always DM me on Instagram, all the things. Um, I always answer my DMS. I love to hear what's going on, but thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. This was so awesome. All right. I will talk to you soon. Yes. Thank you for checking out the chasing courage podcast. If you vibed with this episode in any way, it would mean the world to me if you shared it with a girlfriend, a fellow mama who might really need to hear this message today, or share it on your social media. If you have any feedback, takeaways, or questions, slide into my DMs on Instagram. I make a point to respond to each and every message. I'll be back next week, same time, same place. But until then, think about it. What will you chase today?